When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, away Garrett Wilson Wilson a big play downfield Wilson still going along the sideline he's not going to go down Allen tripped up he could not get past Jermaine Johnson oh look at the speed of Brees Hall he's done it again Brees Lightning 62 yards for the touchdown Rodgers in trouble again and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams what a beast number 95 for the Jets listen thank you this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And yesterday, we began to get to know New Jets offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. We traveled to Buffalo to hear from our friend Drew Gear, the host of the Rockpile Report podcast, who told us about Nathaniel Hackett's first job as an offensive coordinator with the Bills. Then we went to Jacksonville to talk to Gene Fournette of the Florida Times Union who filled us in on what Nathaniel Hackett's time with the Jaguars was like when he was the offensive coordinator there, including when the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game in 2017. After Nathaniel Hackett was fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars, he wound up in Green Bay, where he became the offensive coordinator and right-hand man for new head coach Matt LaFleur. So to find out what Nathaniel Hackett's time with the Packers was like, and to hear more about his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, we take a little trip to Green Bay to visit Zach Jacobson, who covers the Packers for CBS Sports. So Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay, uh, I don't think during his time with the Packers, he spent three years with the team as an offensive coordinator, I don't think there was ever a time where he wasn't arguably the most revered and respected coach on the coaching staff alongside Matt LaFleur, of course, but you also, you know, you have Luke Butkus, they had Luke Getze at the time, but Nathaniel Hackett, I think he helped take that offense to new heights. And when he got there in 2019, it was a little bit of a transition year for the Packers because they were just getting implemented with Matt LaFleur and getting accustomed to his offense. You know, they're on the heels of of Mike McCarthy being let go and Joe Philbin serving as the interim head coach for the last four games of the 2018 season. So it was a little bit of a transition period. So, you know, Nathaniel Hackett was still kind of getting his feet wet, you know, with the Packers. And he had never up to that point worked with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers before. I mean, he went to the AFC Championship with the Jaguars in 2017 with Blake Bortles. 
So that tells you kind of like his level of familiarity, you know, with such a high ranking spot on the coaching staff, his level of familiarity working with someone as experienced as Aaron Rodgers. Um, so then you go into 2020 and that was kind of like where they really hit their stride. That was where the offense was gelling together. And of course, Devontae Adams was a big part of that. And as everyone knows, it's been well documented. They traded into the Las Vegas Raiders last spring, but uh, you know, Devontae Adams kind of solidifying himself as one of the best receivers of football was the biggest part. I think of that offense is kind of like rise to prominence. Um, but you can't, you can't have guys like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and the whole offensive line. You can't have them succeeding without a scheme that works. And Matt LaFleur's scheme worked, but it took an offensive coordinator to kind of really make sure everyone was on the same page. A guy like Nathaniel Hackett, who during that 2020 season, I think a lot of Packer fans would tell you it was probably the most it was it was the it was the fun season. If you look at the last, you know, three or four seasons with Matt LaFleur, 2020 was the most fun the team looked like they were having. And, you know, he implemented the gold zone, which, you know, when they got inside the red zone, there was no red zone that was out the window. No more red zone. It was called the gold zone. And he kind of coined that from uh, the Austin Powers gold member movie, uh, the whole, you know, I love gold thing. They took that and they kind of, you know, they made that kind of their philosophy every time they got down into the red zone. And it really, I think, helped it was some of the 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 schematic stuff and the play calling that they were able to do when they got closer to the goal line that really made nathaniel hackett's presence in green bay so just important so crucial to what they do in 2021 they took a step backwards kind of didn't go the way they were planning um i think they were just north of 53 percent converting in the red zone which was a relatively significant drop off from where they were the season before and whether or not you you could blame Nathaniel Hackett for that, it, do, it doesn't really doesn't matter. The point is, you know, teams evolve on a year to year basis. Defenses catch on; they figure out what you're doing schematically, and it's up to you to evolve and and change along with the you know with um with the rest of the league. You need to you need to stay one step ahead. And I don't think the Packers did that. And that's not an indictment of Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. That doesn't mean that you know he didn't adapt. He's a bad coach. He was. From what I can remember, very, very innovative from what they were doing on film. And of course, like I said, a lot of that is Matt LaFleur's scheme. But Hackett, he helped put those ideas into motion on the field. He helped that scheme kind of take place. And, you know, when he left, I think, I, I don't think the Packers were truly prepared to absorb the loss of him leaving. Granted, he he took... He took a head coaching job in Denver. We all know how that went. But regardless, it was what he did the past three seasons in Green Bay, his prior experience with the Jaguars, that helped him land that head coaching job. You know, so I don't necessarily think the Packers were prepared to absorb the loss, but you could say the same thing for Luke Getze. You know, you could say the same thing for Adam Senevich being moved from uh, his offensive line position to the offensive coordinator spot. And I think, um, Last season for the Packers, 2022, was kind of just same thing as 2019. It was a transition year. You know, so many new faces revolving around the coaching staff and kind of, you know, being interchanged and so many new faces on the offense that Aaron Rodgers had to get accustomed to. So I think, you know, oh, and you also throw in his, you know, his injuries. He had the broken thumb that he suffered against the Giants. He had 
bruised ribs that happened against the Eagles. He had a minor knee injury against the Dolphins in December on Christmas. So a lot of different things played into the Packers' struggles last season, and I think it kind of amplifies the loss of Nathaniel Hackett much more than than it should be. So it looks, on surface level, it looks like, oh, they lost Hackett, they lost Getze, they moved Senevich to, to OC. So, you know, all of a sudden they're 8-9. and nine. They're, they're, They stink. But I think so many different factors played into their struggles last season that it's impossible to pinpoint, you know, losing some coaches as being the main reason. It's one of the reasons, absolutely. It it definitely played into their shortcomings last season, but you know so many different things played played a role in why the Packers struggled the way they did. Um, do I think do I think they should entertain or they at least they should have entertained bringing Nathaniel Hackett back? Uh, probably, yeah, I I think so. I think you can't you can't overestimate the success he had uh, in those latter two seasons that he spent in Green Bay. I'm keeping 2019 out of the picture transition here, but uh, yeah, you can't you can't overstate that success and i think he has he's much more suited as an offensive coordinator that's that's to me that's the long and short of it he's much more better suited as an offensive coordinator let him kind of like take the reins of running your offense maybe not as a play caller i i I don't think he's a great play caller he did it occasionally in green bay here and there but it wasn't like an exclusive title to him but yeah no he don't let him call plays (laughs) is what i'm trying to get at but i think that Okay, well, with the play calling, there's been times where when they hand the play calling duties off to him, like whether it's in like a meaningless game or, you know, something like that, they, the offense doesn't seem like it's at, functioning at its best. And they were questionable uh, questionable calls, like on uh, third and short situations. They run a jet sweep with one of the slowest players on the team, Alan Lazard. They did that last season as well, even without Hackett. But when Hackett was there, they I specifically remember there was one play, I believe it was against the Colts in 2020 in Indianapolis. Um, that was a very, it, it was a questionable call. So it's just little things like that that make you go like, huh, was that really the best call for that situation? It's impossible to say because, you know, we're not, none of us are on the sidelines. We're not in the huddle. So we don't know what Aaron Rodgers sees in front of him, what the defense is presenting to him. But uh, as far as his role with molding Jordan Love, I can't give him such a significant amount of credit in something like that when, you know the whole the whole thing with Matt Lafleur and his offense is it's a it's a quarterback friendly system. It was meant like when he arrived at Green Bay, the whole purpose was to kind of transform Aaron Rodgers into like a pocket passer and take away those off script kind of plays where he feel he feels the need to be Superman. He has to get out of the pocket and he can't trust what's happening in front of him. And that was why he won back to back MVPs. It was because he bought into that offense and he bought into that philosophy where he's a pocket passer. And he can he hits what's available to him. He hits the check down. He plays within the structure of the offense. So, you know, he kind of got away from that last season. He wasn't trusting the fresh faces at receiver. The offensive line was kind of in flux for the first half of the season. So, you know, straying away from that in an offense like that, Jordan Love should be good. He should be able to thrive. So you can't you can't necessarily credit his development purely to to uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think he played such a, a pivotal role in his development where it's like, you know, if Jordan Love ends up being great one day, we're going to look back and be like, oh, Nathaniel Hackett, that guy, he, he molded Jordan Love into a future All-Pro. I don't think you can do that. I personally, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think Tom Clements, when the Packers brought him in as a quarterback's coach last uh, offseason, I think Tom Clements in his one season with the Packers in 2022, not he was with the team before, but I'm just talking about with Jordan Love. I think he played more of a role 
and had more of an influence on Jordan Love than uh, Nathaniel Hackett did. Because Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, he works purely with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, Jordan Love, he's spent 2020 pretty much redshirted his entire rookie season. 2021, he finally kind of got, got to work hands-on with Hackett and Luke Getze. And no, I think he, purely Nathaniel Hackett had more of an influence over Aaron Rodgers and what, and what he did and how it helped him kind of transform into that, you know, like I said, that pocket passer. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I would say... As far as like his relationship with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, yeah, I mean Aaron Rodgers spoke highly of him all the time, all the time. Matt Lafleur spoke highly of him. Like I said, you know, at the beginning of this, he was a very revered coach. They, they players all loved him. They got along with him, and he was just super. He was a super friendly, warm presence around you know around around the team. So, you know, there was never some kind of like dispute between the players or players not being able to get on the same page with him or not buying into to his teaching or his principles. You know, he he was a guy that all the players loved. And I, I know you hear that all the time around the league. Like, Oh, all the players love this guy. He was so, so highly respected, but I think it is absolutely 100% true with, with Nathaniel Hackett. The players loved him. So did, so did his coaching staff. I think when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers running your offense, I think he does a lot more coaching than, than you would think. I think he plays a, a pretty significant hand in running that offense and kind of, I don't want to say going over the coaching staff's head, you know, I don't want to say anything like that, but you know, he when he's out there on the field, the coaching staff, including Nathaniel Hackett, including Matt LaFleur, they give him full flexibility, full freedom to run the offense the way that he feels it needs to be run. Because, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, like he he sees what's in front of the offense. He sees what is staring back at him and he adjusts on the fly as as it needs to be. So, you know, a, a guy like that who now just has 18 seasons in the league. Uh, four MVPs. He has a Super Bowl. You you trust him to run your offense to its full capacity. And you know when when things go well and really well, sometimes certain coaches maybe get credit for that. And I think you could say the same thing maybe for Nathaniel Hackett. If if the offense is succeeding with Aaron Rodgers getting back to his you know his MVP form, then you're going to look at that coaching staff and be like, okay, who's responsible for this? You got Nathaniel Floor. You got Nathaniel Hackett. Luke Getzey. All all these guys who probably played a role in helping Rodgers get back to to his MVP self and help the Packers get to uh, back-to-back NFC championship games and the divisional round, you know, three straight 13-win seasons. So I think that looks great on a resume, but just how much of a role does Nathaniel Hackett play in what goes on on the field? You know, so much goes on behind closed doors, absolutely. But when, like I said, when you have Aaron Rodgers running your offense, I think a lot of that falls on Rodgers' shoulders. If he is your offensive coordinator, like for example, now with the Jets, you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a lot of that zone scheme, that West Coast kind of style of offense that he ran with the Packers. Um, and that's great news for Brees Hall. That's great news for Michael Carter because a two back system under Nathaniel Hackett, then you're probably going to be doing good things. I think last year with the with with the Broncos, it was kind of uh, a difficult situation with Javante Williams being lost for the season. Melvin Gordon kind of just being shaky with his fumbling issues. They didn't really have a, a set rotation back there. But I think if you're a team like the Jets, where you have Reese Hall coming off of his ACL tear, you have Michael Carter, who has shown that he's more than capable as a third down receiving back, uh, then that's going to be Hackett is going to succeed with that. You know, as long as he's just not at the helm as a head coach, then he can be a very, very good offensive coordinator.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Now we head from Green Bay to Denver because after Nathaniel Hackett's successful stint as offensive coordinator of the Packers, he ended up getting the head coaching job of the Denver Broncos. So to tell us all about that, our friend Cameron Parker, the host of the Mainly Broncos podcast and writer for Predominantly Orange. Yeah, the you know the the, the Nate uh, Hackett or the Nathaniel Hackett experience uh, with the Denver Broncos uh, was uh, tumultuous, I'd say, or there was a lot of turbulence, uh, you know, with the. Uh, with the with the team and um, I starting out, uh, you know, I th- I feel like you know it, there was a, a lot of expectations. I know that uh, you know uh, it wasn't necessarily just something that was seen, you know, with the local side of things. Obviously, uh, when you acquire Russell Wilson or you you make a big trade like that, or even if you're dipping your toes in the Aaron Rodgers saga, you know, th- there's going to come some expectations. But I I think that you know when you look at the expectations, it ended up being about through the roof and you know when when you look at everything from that expectations to everything that we had seen on the field it truly became a colossal disappointment um and you know you you certainly would hate to put all of the blame on him but uh it was one of those cases where you know sometimes more often than not aside from say the quarterback position that blame ends up getting you know put on the head coach and and, and I think that there were a lot of times, you know, w- within the Nathaniel Hackett personality that you wanted to root for the guy. You wanted to root for everything uh, that he brought to the table. And I think that 
excuse me, uh, when you look at his type of personality, he was 100% a guy you wanted to root for. And I think that when you look at solely some of his good um, that he brought to the table was his personality. He was a bubbly, positive personality that, in contrast, was a, a 180 to Vic Fangio. I mean, one hand, w- w- you know, Fangio was uh, pretty stern, uh, you know, almost, I don't want to say dictatorish, uh, you know, but I mean, he wanted to make sure that things were done his way. And then you go to Nathaniel Hackett, man, he was, he was a true Ted Lasso. Uh, you know, I mean, a guy that is, you know, uh, wants to, you know, <clears throat> kind of be your buddy. And, you know, those are certainly some good qualities to have. Um, and I think that as far as some personnel wise, you know, there were some good opportunities within games where you saw a few, I, I think, successes happen where they were in little, where uh, they were in a little bit of some heavy personnel um, and, un, you know, and you just wish that they were staying in that maybe you know, a little bit too uh, too much with it, and you know, unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. Uh, they decided to kind of deviate, and um, and then as far as some of the bad, uh, there was a lot of bad. Uh, you know, I think that when you look at the way things certainly unfolded, um, you know, with, with, with everything from there, um, it just sort of boiled down to with his personality and the way that he was. What was it going to be like if? the Broncos ended up with a losing streak. And due to the history of where things have been with the franchise, a losing streak was pretty probable. Um, and with with the way that losing streak happened, we weren't sure what his personality would do. Would it change? Would it stay the same? And, you know, I think there was times where you saw some ebbs and flows of his personality, but then it got to the point where, and I guess you could argue it sort of teeters a little bit on ugly, but he it seemed like he started to kind of check out a little bit Um, and it started to wear on him. I mean, heck you could just visually see maybe that it was starting to kind of take a toll on him. I mean, the guy who was starting to grow a, a goatee, (laughs) I mean, as the season was, was wearing on, um, you know, but uh, I think that, you know, there were some signs. uh, I think the first official sign, uh, you know, that we certainly saw was against the Carolina Panthers where, uh, defensive lineman Mike Purcell went after Russell Wilson, and and there's probably some ways that maybe some people could interpret that that maybe that's a Russ problem versus a Hackett problem. But you know when the buck sort of stops with the head coach, you certainly wonder, uh, you know, you know, does he have control of a locker room? And thankfully, I will say, I from everything that I've heard and read, he did have control of that locker room. But in see in instances like that, uh, it truly proves that maybe he was in over his head. And I think that, you know, when, when you look at the types of situations, the type of scenarios uh, like that, it begs the question. And then um, I just think that, you know, the bad was, you know, we were told at the very beginning that, uh, you know, that that he wanted to mold the offense around that star quarterback and that star quarterback being Wilson, Russell Wilson. Um, and as the course of the season went on, or even at the beginning part of the season, uh, we just seem like maybe aside from week one, weren't really getting any signs, uh, you know, that they wanted to mold Wilson to within that offense that Hackett would like to run for him. Um, and too often it seemed like maybe they wanted to kind of make Wilson into a little bit of a pocket passer, which we know is not exactly ideal in Wilson's career. Uh, even though Wilson said, you know, he's modeled his game a little bit after Drew Brees. But you know the bad. I, another bad is just he didn't mold the offense the way that he needed to around a quarterback. Um, 
And not to say that he's incapable of it, but maybe he would be best suited for that offensive coordinator role. And he's got some history with it, obviously being a pretty good offensive coordinator. As far as the offensive scheme-wise, when you look at it from the Russell Wilson and the Nathaniel Hackett experience, I I wonder if it boiled down to, at times, even the offensive line, and maybe that falls on Butch Berry, which I think there is a little bit of an argument for that. Uh, you know, With the way that the offensive line competed with Berry, I think that if you look at it from uh, the way things boil, and I know I mentioned with the Munchak and you know, Barry thing. Um, I think there was maybe a case to be made, you know, where, uh, where, where you probably could have just seen Barry be fired and Hackett stayed. And he brings on another offensive line coach with a little bit of an ultimatum, obviously. Uh, but that just never happened. And I think that, you know, too often, obviously, you know, with the expectations that we're bringing in, obviously with new ownership and, you know, the way things were certainly going on, they needed those expectations to unfold. And, you know, Hackett just never met those expectations. And I think that with the offense and the way things were being run, it just never suited him. Uh, too often we saw him far more in the pocket than we did outside the pocket. And People can look at certain alter- uh, alternatives that, yes, he did deviate some of the play calling to Clint Kubiak, um, you know, and uh, and I think that there were some opportunities where you were looking at it like, okay, maybe this is Kubiak calling a place or maybe this is Hackett calling a place, but there was too many of that. There was never a firm Kubiak is very clearly calling the plays and Hackett is not calling the plays. Um, and so you, it, it sort of begged the question of, okay, who is truly in charge and who is really – the one that has been a huge focal point of that. And I think that just too often um, we saw far more of Wilson within the pocket versus outside the pocket. And, you know, and some of it did fall a little bit on the quarterback position because of the amount of expectations that were falling into it. And, you know, I think that Wilson maybe himself was wanting to kind of fit within the system with Hackett and be that pocket passer. But, you know, too often we just not we just never saw that, and we, he majorly struggled in that regard. And having a very very down year, his worst of his career, um, and so hopefully um, you know that can get better. And that's a that's a it's a side note for the Broncos' sake. But for Nathaniel Hackett, um, I just would just say that he he just failed at the experiment of truly doing what Russell Wilson was good at. And maybe this is a little bit maybe to the offensive coordinator side or whatever, but there were some opportunities where when you look at it from the quarterback perspective um, and from this perspective, maybe there's some blame for both sides. But there was a little bit of uh, a failure a failure to disperse the ball around amongst the playmakers there that were with the Denver Broncos. I don't think anybody, you know, you know, ever doubted the Broncos had weapons, uh, maybe even nationally. Uh, so when you have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, um, and unfortunately the injury due to Tim Patrick, but you now had an emergence of Greg Dulcich, you wanted to see him disperse the ball around, uh, you know, and and certainly, you know, really just make sure that the they were you know feeding everybody on that offensive side of the ball. And unfortunately, I think that there were too often where one player was a sole offense in that wide receiver room versus you know, multiple different people. So to disperse of that, you know, target area, if you will, for the wide receiver room, unfortunately was a little bit sparse. And, you know, maybe even uh, to within that tight end room, and maybe this is a little bit far uh, maybe into the ugly, 
as well as I'm just now remembering it, is that he was unfortunately putting one of the tight ends, one of the skilled tight ends, maybe in the doghouse, and that being Albert Okawebenam. And so it sort of limited uh, your tight end room. And the guy wasn't injured. He certainly was playing a little bit of a part in that as far as his drops. You know, but uh, when you have a interim head coach get the best out of not just your quarterback room, but the entire offensive room, uh, you know, and especially with Albert Okawebenam being one of them catching a touchdown, uh, I want to say against the Kansas City Chiefs, it just it begged the question of who was at large there uh, as far as being the bigger problem. And um, and so seeing him put Albert Okawebenam kind of in the doghouse a little bit, it seemed uh, that early on in the season and in opportunities where he was inactive on times when he wasn't injured, he wasn't hurt. It was just simply a coach's decision and playing a certain player like Greg Dulcich in his very first game when he had been injured, Dulcich had been injured, he got activated off of the IR, and then they play him right after he got activated off of IR. So um, I would just say that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, and as far as the offensive side of the ball, um, things were they, they just they just were not a good mix after all uh, with Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson and hopefully if if Hackett is going down there for for New York that he has a plan in place and he and uh, Woody Johnson have a plan in place I should say just the overall staff in place have a plan for Hackett of who is going to end up being uh, that quarterback I know that things have been said you know that maybe uh, maybe that they have something on the way or something like that. Uh, you know, but I, I, I just I hope that there is a plan, you know, for who that quarterback will be and that Hackett has a plan for what that offense will be like. Um, the ugly, I would just say, is just a big, massive tipping point, which was that that Christmas Day game. I, I can't exactly I, I can't exactly explain everything that happened, you know, with uh you know, with that Christmas Day game, there's a lot of ways that we could probably peel it back, um, you know, but maybe there was a case where he did lose the locker room in the sense of where just the tempers flared and just things were spiraling spiraling out of control. And maybe that was the nail in the coffin for him as a as, as a head coach, uh, just solely uh, based off of that. And I know that uh, in the grand scheme of things, you're looking at it from a a whole season perspective, you know, but when you look at it from that game, there was just, you know, tempers were flaring um, even um, during the game and after the game uh, with Randy Gregory going after a Rams player or even Dalton Reisner, a Walter Payton man of the year candidate this year uh, going after a backup quarterback and Brett Rippon on the sidelines. Um, so you, you, you do sort of wonder maybe, you know, what, where was that give and take and about, you know, maybe him losing the locker room. But I think this is where it sort of lends itself into uh, more of the ugly in the sense that, you know, I, I think that too often sometimes people rely on maybe hiring their buddies and, and, you know, their friends and, you know, on, on, on one hand, uh, this may be going back to a good a little bit with that coaching staff. He was able to pry a Jiro Evero and Evero has been a pretty hot name within the head coaching community and may actually land a head coaching job within the, uh, the current, uh, head coaching cycle. Uh, you know, but with that ugly, you're looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, he never he never hired or brought on anyone with head coaching experience. Um, and you know, when you when you really look at it, 
because it's, there was no person with head coaching experience, the only person that was of a veteran coaching presence was of Dom Capers. I believe he was a defensive assistant with the Broncos. And it really wasn't until the savior uh, came in uh, with Jerry Rosberg, uh, you know, even early on in the season to where it maybe to where it maybe seemed like Hackett was in over his head that early. Uh, but as the course of the season wore on, just things just were never happening. And um, and it certainly seemed like maybe that had been uh, the ownership's call or the management's call to bring uh, Rosper again. But, uh, you know, just I would say a big ugly is that the fact that he decided not to hire any first-year head coaches – or sorry, uh, uh, he hired first-year head coach, but I mean uh, that he decided not to hire anybody with head coaching experience and one. Uh, as far as an example, was he decided to pry an offensive lineman, an assistant offensive line coach from the 49ers. You know, hey, it's still a pretty decent tree, but he brought on uh, Butch Berry to be the offensive line coach. And, you know, uh, Berry just could not make things work with the offensive line. It was just getting to a point where, uh, you know, he apparently didn't sit right with any of the players. And, you know, that ends up falling on Nathaniel Hackett for making that kind of hire. Um, you know, and so when, when that kind of happened, when that things, when those things kind of happen, you know, you, you tend to go back to what they should have done. And that was retain Mike Munchak as the offensive line coach and, and making the call to hire Barry instead of Munchak, which from, from everything that we're hearing and reading is that he still lives in Denver. So it's a pretty easy phone call, uh, or even a drive by to bring by uh, Munchak back to the facility and even bring him back on as offensive line coach. So uh, just, I, I would just say that there was a, a fair amount of bad, uh, maybe not a lot of ugly, but the, you know, but there was just moments where I think when it all boils down to it, uh, if you were to wrap an entire bow around the Nathaniel Hackett experience, it is just that he, he just truly seemed like he was in over his head. Um, and maybe at times, maybe he did lose the locker room a little bit, but I would fall. Uh, I would put it more on the fact that he just, he was just in over his head. And I think it's one of those cases where one more time again, uh, you know, we, we see a guy that may be as best suited for an offensive coordinator position, but with him being such a, a positive influence within that locker room and a, having a positive attitude, he might be one of those guys that if he can learn from this kind of experience, this head coaching experience after year one, uh, you wonder, you know, would he be best suited for a head coaching job a little bit down the line after he's been, you know, within the NFL for a few more years, and then he can go take that next step, you know, for for a head coaching job. So, um, all in all, though, I do root for Nathaniel Hackett. He he did bring that positive attitude. I wish him all the best with the New York Jets as an offensive coordinator. Maybe uh, the Aaron Rodgers saga can certainly begin again uh, with the New York Jets. I know that there's probably even been some speculation down with the Jets about bringing Rodgers in, uh, you know, but I can tell you from a Broncos perspective, don't bank on the fact that Rodgers is, is coming in, at least have a plan B, uh, you know, in place, um, you know, but uh, I'm definitely rooting for him. And hopefully uh, whoever the quarterback will be with the Jets, that he can be able to uh, bring a lot out of them. Cause uh, I think that if you look at from his experience, right, uh, he was able to bring Blake Bortles out of the ashes and take him to the AFC championship game. So it's definitely possible that he can do that. Uh, down there with the New York Jets. So that is my good, bad, uh, and ugly as it relates to Nathaniel Hackett.
That's going to wrap up part two of our in-depth look at new Jets offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. We took you through all four of his major stops. Really appreciate everybody who participated in this two-part series. My friend Drew Gear of the Rock Pile Report podcast, Gene Fournette of the Florida Times Union, Zach Jacobson of CBS Sports, and my buddy Cam Parker of Predominantly Orange and the Mainly Broncos podcast. I hope this helped you learn a lot about Nathaniel Hackett's history and what he'll be bringing to the table as the new offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. Make sure you check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns up there. So visit our channel and watch our videos if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Check out our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.